unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It's just like if you tore your ACL, no amount of scripture study is going to heal it any faster if you don't get surgery. At least surgery. not I've heard of. Yeah, you know, you know like... there's, there's like <laughs> Alma the Younger cases where you're yeah. healed overnight. But in terms of like what the Lord wants us to do is he wants us to be humble. And for me, he humbled me through mental illness. Right. Hey guys, today we're here with a super special guest. Um, this is Drew. And he's going to share a story, um, a mission story. If you've served a mission, I guarantee you will relate. And if you haven't served, served a mission, if you haven't served a mission, then perhaps you can also relate to the experience of mental health. <laughs> so, so Drew, yeah. So tell me, uh, where are you from? I'm from Sandy, Utah. Okay, cool. Grew up in Sandy. Nice place. Um, until I was three, then I moved to Connecticut. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, so a... lived in Connecticut basically my whole childhood. Rich. Yeah, <laughs> a... we weren't one of them, but we no, lived in Connecticut. Nice that, that was yeah. one of them. Yeah, so that's stressful. But and then and then you got your mission call. Yep. And where did you? Serve? So I got called to serve in the Baltic mission when oh, I was nineteen. Yeah. Um, which is you know a year removed from a lot of the people my age because everyone was you know. So you decided to wait. Yeah, I decided to go to a semester of college due to mental health related issues that I'd experienced when I was younger. Gotcha. Uh, and then when I went on my mission, I thought you know this is something that I can do. This is an experience that the Lord will sustain me in. Yeah. And uh, it turned out to be very different uh, than yeah. what I had anticipated. And so yeah, what what were expectations versus reality what happened when you got to, well, to your mission <laughs> expectations were i'm gonna do it yeah um, i'm gonna fulfill the call to serve you know my dad had served a mission my brother served missions they were all assistants to the mission president which is right, basically obviously. like the top of the top yeah so the expectations were i'm gonna do this thing and i'm gonna have baptisms and conversion you know it's just you know yeah. the expectation well and, and if you guys there's like a lot of lingo with the mission and we've done other videos so we'll put those below but, like, there's this unspoken, like, thing in the mission about being a successful missionary. Yes. Which means you are a leader. You know, there's different positions, like a district leader and a zone leader, you know. And then mm-hmm. how many baptisms do you get? There's there's goals in the mission that you're going to baptize so many people in a month, you know. And it's not, it's not commandment. Yeah. You know, it's not some kind of law. In reality, it's not a law. But, like, there's this unspoken <laughs> feeling that maybe it is. Yeah. You know, maybe I do actually have to do those things to be considered successful right and that's heavy yeah it yeah. definitely was and i didn't i actually didn't even get to the mission field oh crap so yeah. i i had nine weeks in the mtc and then which is a long time it is like people need to know it, like more yeah. than one day yes. in the MTC. It's very like... it was very long um and that's like where a bulk of my experience started because i had to learn for myself how to manage this new territory for me yeah um being in the mtc i learned for the first time kind of what anxiety really is i'd struggled with separation anxiety when i was younger and then i guess the stress of everything in the mtc and and the and the time and the classes and you know the newness of the language and everything yeah kind of put me into a an emotional spiral yeah to where i had to take medication for the first time which was new while you were in the mtc yeah. that's yeah, so crazy i tried 3 in 6 weeks which is for anyone who's done medication, it's yeah. like you don't do that because usually it takes like three to four weeks to see results for the first medication. Right. And so that was messing with me, you know, emotionally and physically. And then I was seeing a therapist every week and it just ended up being something that I couldn't do. 
Yeah. And I had to just come to grips with reality that my mission was going to be very different than what I had anticipated. And this whole time, were you with like your companions coming with you to these meetings, like while you're in DMTC? Yeah. So therapy, just... luckily, was one. Right. Of my yeah. Things. Exactly. So you're alone. it gave me a much needed break. Right. Because. Um, as most people know, like companionships in a mission, it's like 24 seven, you're with them. Right. They want to like unspoken rules is like sight and sound. Right. So and like, like the only exception is the bathroom. Exactly. You know, really. Yeah. yeah. And so if you can't be in the bathroom for an hour, you go to therapy <laughs> and you kind of, you, you could say bathroom and therapy. Yeah. And it's a lot, a lot fun. better. So I ended up going through those experiences. Um, I met with, you know, district presidents and head doctors and, they really just wanted to get me better, but the timeline was um, kind of unacceptable for me to get better. And so the night before my zone left for field. the field okay. and other missionaries who were going to those respective countries were leaving the following day. And then they said, sorry, you got to go home. We're going to get you get the help. They you told need. you that you had yeah. to go home. So that's when uh, my emotional journey actually began. <laughs> Dang. So, and, and like for you guys... Like, there's a lot of reasons to go home from a mission at any point in time. And, but being, that was like, this is fear. Like, I I would have nightmares. I would wake up with the nightmare that I got sent home. (laughs) That I didn't get to finish what I was sent out to do, you Um, know? And, like, how did you, like, how did you deal with it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, well, for anybody who's ever had, like, an expectation put on them, regardless of, you know, religion, regardless of geography, I mean, you want to fulfill that expectation, right. whether it's, you know, from your parents or yeah. from your leaders or from someone that you really care about. If someone gives you an assignment, you want to you want to make it happen. You want to do it. And I was no different. And so coming home early, as you know, they say, it really gave me an opportunity to find out who I was. Yeah. Um, and especially with such kind of a an uncharted territory in mental illness, there's a lot of people that don't quite understand it. And because this happened to me, you know, five, six years ago, it was really uncharted territory back then because... Right. Um, people didn't talk about Yeah, it stuff. wasn't talked about yeah. in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the only people that really understood it were people that had been through it. And for me, not many people in my family had been through it. Right. Not many of my friends had been through it. Not many of the, you know, the ward members had been through it. So I got a lot of confused looks, a lot of, you know, when you're going back out... A lot of, um, right. we'll suck it up. It's not that bad. And it was almost as if because they couldn't see a cast, they didn't think there was anything wrong. Right. It's kind of like Elder Holland gave his talk, the like a broken yeah. vessel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, if you, it, yeah, if you've got like cancer or if uh-huh. you're a broken arm, you're going to go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when you have a mental illness, people yeah. act like it's not real. Yeah. Because they can't see it, they judge it as not being meaningful. Yeah. And uh, that was a really difficult thing for me because for me it was very real you know it led to a lot of panic attacks it led to you know gaining weight not sleeping um suicidal thoughts you know everything that you can imagine associated with you know what's the worst thing that can happen with mental illness is what I experienced yeah and you know I had to just I had to go back to therapy you know I saw a therapist every two weeks for 18 months um I got put on you know three or four more different medications to try and figure that out yeah um, luckily got on the right one, but you know, once the medication is not the right one, you know, it gets really bad in your system. Yeah. You have to figure it out. It's one time I, I took a medication when I, I was in the same boat, you know, where it's like you're, yeah. you, you start with one, you take it for a week or two. And 
I started breaking out in hives. Oh, you know, okay. and That's I was but my 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 mentality was like, I'll just push through it. Like it'll start working. <laughs> yeah. Give it another day or two, and it'll start working. And I couldn't sleep, you know, because I'm covered, I'm uh, itchy, and I was. Yeah. And finally, I went to the doctor, and he's like, that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's itchy. A bad but like that's that's an extreme example. Right. But it messes with you, mm-hmm. and it when you get to the medication that works, it's a miracle. Yeah. You know. And I'm the biggest advocate for medication. I'm the biggest advocate for therapy. And to be completely honest, I was like totally against it when I didn't suffer with any of these issues. Right. Um, you know, I was like a lot of people who didn't understand what mental illness was. Right. I didn't understand, you know, why do people take medication? Why do people go to therapy? Oh, it's because they're weak. Or, oh, it's because they have an issue that they just can't figure out by themselves. So they have to go get extra help. You know, I was right. like so biased, you know? Or, or like the worst mentality that like, oh, we'll just pray. Yeah. God will fix it. Exactly. You know, uh-huh. you, you know if, if you have faith, then... It'll get better. Pray it off. You know, yeah. pray it off. Go for runs. Are you reading whatever. your scriptures every day? Yes, I'm reading. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I'm, and yeah. that's that's a really difficult thing about this is it's it's just like if you tore your ACL, no amount of scripture study is going to heal it any faster if you don't get At surgery. Least not what I've heard of. Yeah. You know, you know like... there's there's like Alma the Younger cases where you're yeah. healed overnight. But in terms of like what the Lord wants us to do is he wants us to be humble. And for me, he humbled me through mental illness. Right. And he humbled me through um, kind of having to go through it by myself. And, you know, I love my parents, love my leaders, but, you know, they just didn't get it. And so that's when I started to really discover for myself what my mission in life was. And I used my mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to kind of use it as a launching pad to discover what my mission in life was. Right. And to help other people do the same. Yeah. Well, what I think is really cool is, like, not only did you, like, start this mission in life, but you actually acted on it. Yeah. You know, because I know a lot of people who who get to a dark place or, or find solutions, but, like, to actually share it is where, you, like, where life becomes meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote this book, which I think I is pretty that. fantastic. But um, I was looking through, and and I could relate, like, just, just the, the chapter headings. I was like, oh, yep, uh-huh, oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I totally... And... So what are the, like the main things that you've drawn that you are teaching people that you are sharing? What is like the main message you have? Well, my main message is regardless of challenges, regardless of circumstances that you may face, whether it's, you know, addiction, same-sex same sex attraction, you know, mental illness, discouragement, whatever you may face that's kind of taboo to the culture you're in or the people you're around, you can discover and fulfill your mission in life. And everyone has one. And everyone has a purpose. I really believe that because sometimes you go through things that are just really difficult, that really suck, that are really painful, and you think, oh, my life's over. I'm not going to be a success. And I felt like that. But as long as you keep getting back up, as long as you keep moving forward and do the things that you know are right and that can, you know, one day prove beneficial, you're going to discover your mission. You're going to be successful. You're going to make it. And so I started writing this book. Uh, because I wanted people to understand that we all go through tough things in life. You know, yeah. we all experience trials, temptations, challenges, adversity, but it doesn't matter how many times we fall. What matters is how many times we get back up, right. keep trying, keep moving forward. I was talking to like my coworkers actually earlier today, and it's like, when you really think about it, because of the Savior's atonement, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like we can, you can always get back up. Like yeah. always mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there is hope because the savior suffered for any mistake that we will make. And I mean, sometimes it does suck, you know, like I'm sorry <laughs> that he didn't take away all the pain, but yeah. like, but 
But yeah, you can always get back up, even if it's a million times, mm -hmm. you know, as far as people who are suffering with severe like mental illness and suicidal mm -hmm. thoughts. How would you, people who are dealing with that, I feel like it's like their own thing. Yeah. But if you know somebody who's dealing yeah. with that, what would you suggest? How could you help, I guess? Yeah, well, I think the first thing that really matters is listening to understand. I think a lot of the time when we experience someone who's dealing with mental illness or, or suicide, we sometimes feel like, oh, back off. It's like, like a scary yeah. subject. Like, I don't want to. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to really address it, but at the same time, you don't want them to die. But at the right. same time, you don't know what to say. And so I would give this advice because of going through it myself yeah. is you don't want to ask really piercing questions like, why do you want to die? Or like, you know, what's causing all this? You really just want to ask questions and to kind of show like, listen, I'm here for you. I have really no idea what you're going through, but I want to help you. I want to be here for you. Is there anything that I can do for you right now? Yeah. Like, do you want to go get a frosty? Right. Do you want me to leave you alone for a day or two? Um, you know, and I actually had an experience a couple of weeks ago where a friend of mine texted me and said, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And he was literally counting the pills. He was going to take like 200 pills to commit yeah. suicide. And I said, stop. Can you FaceTime? And he said, yeah. And so it was like a really real experience where I had to kind of walk him through it a little bit. Right. And I just basically said, listen, like you matter. And I know you think you don't, but you do. And I know exactly what you're feeling. I know you just want to leave this pain. I know you want to leave this world, but let's just figure out a plan. Can you stay for one more day? And I promise it'll get better. And sometimes it's just one day. And, uh, Sorry, like, <laughs> you know, it's well, no, very real. It's real. Yeah. yeah, it's real. And, you know, I've been through it. Millions of people have been through it. And so it's tough to, to have someone you love go through it. But at the end of the day, everyone makes their own choices. But we can, what we can do is love and care and just try and make it one more day. Yeah. And you matter to us, you know, yeah. and like our, this community, like the Saints and Scripted community is real. Um, and we pray for you guys and look at our other episodes because we've done, we've done some episodes on mental health and stuff. And so if you have more questions, like dive in deeper, but thank you so much. Yeah. This was awesome. My honor. Yeah. So Drew, he's got um, social media, you know, you're, he's on Instagram, uh, I don't know, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Good, not Twitter. Not Twitter. He's a good guy. No, just kidding. no you're fine. You can use Twitter. <laughs> I just suck at it. Nobody follows me, so I'm like bitter. Um, but um, yes, and then your website is uh, DrewBeYoung.com, and that's where you can check out the book. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, so go, go ahead and check him out. Um, there'll be a picture of us on his Instagram. So oh, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, please check out um, Saints Unscripted. They're an amazing podcast. They've had on a lot of like influential leaders in the church and also people like me who are just trying to do good and be good so definitely recommend them and their episodes you're influential and their episodes are like short and sweet and I know a lot of podcasts are like an hour and you don't want to listen to them right so like seriously short and sweet we play the algorithm perfectly exactly you know yeah. just enough to get noticed but not too yeah. much with the new background that's, that's what I'm talking about that's Dude, thanks so much for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.